0: Now for Raising the Bar, Greater RVA's premier law talk radio show. Good morning and welcome to Raising the Bar, Greater RVA's law talk radio show. This is attorney Colleen Quinn of Locke & Quinn and your host of Raising the Bar. And today we're going to talk about on-the-job injuries. What is my claim? Is it workers' comp? Is it personal injury? Or is it an employment claim? There is so much confusion And joining me today is Michelle Lewin of the Injured Workers Law Firm. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you here. Um, And for folks that have had an on-the-job injury and it's clearly a workers' comp claim, um, you can always check on Michelle's Injured Worker Law Firm Facebook page um, for the recording of the radio show focused solely on workers' compensation. Um, That show also is on the uh, Raising the Bar Uh, website. Also, we now have the Raising the Bar Law Talk podcast available on iTunes. And the best way to subscribe is to go to the Raising the Bar Law Talk website uh, to subscribe. This morning, we welcome your calls. Um, Call in at 804-454-1366 if you have a related claim. Uh, Michelle also is the author of the uh, book, The Ultimate Guide to Workers' Compensation in Virginia, um, so she is truly uh, uh, an expert in the workers' comp field. Um, and if you've had a personal injury claim, you might be interested in watching the video on the Raising the Bar a Law Talk radio uh, page or listen to the podcast or go to the Lock and Quinn uh, Facebook page to watch the video on what it's like to be a personal injury client. So today we are streaming live on the Injured Worker Law Firm Facebook page, but as I already noted, uh, you can find this uh, recording at any given time on all those different areas. So let's talk a little bit about um, the various on-the-job injuries and how we sort out what is what.
1: Yeah, so why don't you tell us, how do you figure out when someone calls you if it is a workers' comp claim or a personal injury claim?
0: Well, usually the call comes in and we have an intake specialist at our firm, just like you do at yours, Michelle. And uh, sh- that intake specialist first has to sort out okay, uh, did the injury happen on the job? If it happened on the job, then that is going to be a big clue that it probably is a workers' compensation claim. However, if it happened to be caused by a third party that is somebody other than another employee or, you know, on the job site, then it gets a little bit more confusing, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Or if it happens to be a sexual assault arising out of sexual harassment, um, then it starts to become a little bit muddier. If it's pretty clear that it's just a, an injury that happened on the job, um, let's say um, somebody fell off a stool while they were getting a file out of the filing cabinet and they injured their back. Um, I'm going to send them your way. I'm going to say that that is workers comp. That goes to Michelle, um, but then some of the other ones uh, we might have to look at a little bit more carefully. And how about you? How do you how do you sort it out when the call comes in?
1: It's a little bit similar to you, except for that most people who are calling us. Are assuming that it is workers' comp, and so they usually it did occur on the job. So we get that information, and then there's a little bit more pulling of teeth to find out. Okay, who was you know if another person was involved, um, was was it uh, you know somebody that we could sue, and then and then the name is a third party, but people you know, normal people don't understand what third party party, means. means. And it's like anybody that's not your employer, not your coworker, um, then we start uh, fielding it better. And then, so luckily I have great intake uh, specialists. So they get that information. And then I, I look, review that and try to get, narrow down and obviously ask a little bit more detailed questions. Like who is the owner of the parking lot? Right, know, that right. can, it can get
0: that detailed. yeah. You know, So, I mean, you sent me a, a, a transmission line case. I think the, the gentleman was injured on the job. But he came um, close to a power line that, that wasn't supposed to be there. So then we looked into, okay, why was the power line there and who was responsible for that? And that would be a classic kind of third-party uh, case because he was working for his construction company. And so he could make a workers' comp claim against them. Yes. Um, but then he potentially had an additional personal injury claim against the folks that allowed the power line to be where it was. So that was kind of an example yeah. of, of one of those types of cases. So um, what if it is an assault at work? And let's just say not a sexual assault. Let's say it's just, um, oh, for example, I had a case where a gentleman who was gay um, was assaulted by a coworker who w- was clearly... Um, uh, had an animosity toward gay people and also had a criminal record. And he just outright punched my guy um, at the workplace. So is that covered by workers' comp?
1: That would not be covered by workers' comp. So it's, it's, it, there, it is a differential between the unintentional touching, you know, let's say you run somebody over with a forklift, okay, and you, it's an accident, okay? Oh, oops, sorry. <laughs> oops, <laughs> yes. And then there's the intentional act. And so, intentional acts kind of can get. There's lo- several subcategories. Okay, um, your example, or or if someone punches you because you're having an affair with their wife, even though they's a coworker, that is. Con- this is that, a premeditated punch, <laughs> right? That is not going to be covered. However. Um, let's say it's a third party and they're coming in to rob like a 7-Eleven. Okay. Okay, and they assault the cashier. That would be covered. Or the Domino's Pizza delivery person being robbed or jumped. That would be covered because the reason they are being um, assaulted or attacked...
0: Is because of their job, and 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 that's foreseeable. I guess yes. that that would happen. Yes, and the employer knows that's one of the risks yes. of the of the employment. Yes, okay.
1: I mean, actually, one of the one of the saddest cases I had was, um, uh, an apartment complex on Chamberlain Avenue in Richmond. The lady was at the um, she she took the money in for the rental units. Okay, so she was like at their little office, and somebody who had been late and had been having issues, went in and just, you know, shot everybody and oh. killed her. Oh, my goodness. And um, that was covered under workers' comp because um, he, uh, um, it was done because he was angry at the rental unit, okay, okay. or the rental company. Right, right. Now, if and he, obviously he didn't, but if that guy had also had a lot of money or had some type of insurance, yes, we could have pursued a personal injury charge. Obviously, he was criminally charged and
0: arrested. Right. but he had no money, so it wouldn't yeah. be anything. I to usually go after. say they don't have a pot to pee in. Exactly, most of these criminal assailants. Yeah. yeah, and so, um, so if it's if it's outside, I guess the scope of the work, it's kind of not what the employer would foresee. So um, if the guy had come in and um, and shot somebody uh, because there was an affair going on, then that would not Not be be covered. covered. Okay, so something uh, that's really kind of not foreseeable by the employer or not one of the risks of that type of job
1: and it gets very complicated yeah. because it's not usually as clear as that it might be that they had a personal grudge against one another right. what if and, they were a
0: former a former employee that came that came back yes. you know we, i mean we had the shooting in in florida yes. and you know that that was um, one of those things where y- y- you have somebody that's terminated that then comes yes. back and i is is that something that would be covered by workers comp
1: yes if it again, it's going to be hard to prove one way or the other as if he came back to, um, uh, shoot you, um, uh, because of you were his supervisor and that was the only reason then yes. I mean, a more local, right. uh, example is what's been in the news recently with J. Sergeant Reynolds. Um, and, uh, recently the, the, uh, the student um, pled guilty. Okay. Um, but the the uh, student had gone into his her professor's um, office oh, during yeah. work accidents and and basically stabbed him with a box cutter. Right. and Sliced him up a little bit. And uh, you know, it was, it, it, the issue there? Is uh, her allegate, he, His allegation is. You know, she's just a, a for, actually a former student, and, but she's trying to say that they had an affair. Right. So if it's because of the affair, it's not covered mm-hmm. by workers' comp. If it's solely because she was upset about her grade, okay, in, on an exam, right. or, you know, then it is covered by workers' comp. Yeah. And then you got that whole mental illness thing going on. So then that, you know. Plays into it as yeah.
0: well. Yeah. So let's talk about um, what if it is a sexual assault. Well, why don't you take that one? Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> I <will. laughs> Since I run the Women's injury yes, Law Center, yes. we, uh, we run into those things pretty regularly. Um, well, and that's interesting because that is one of the little carve-outs um, in the Workers' Comp Act is that um, if in the course of employment an employee is sexually assaulted and they have to promptly report the assault to appropriate law enforcement authorities, um, and also, the nature of the employment has to increase the risk of the of the assault. Um, then there is a um, then they are covered by workers' comp. But if you don't have all these different variables, um, so let's say. Uh, it's the nature of the deployment does not increase the risk of a sexual assault let's just say it is a grocery store okay well that's not really where you're going to anticipate a sexual assault right so let's say a coworker sexually assaults the person well now it is not covered by workers comp right. and it's a carve out from the um, workers comp act and so they can pursue that coworker separately without it it being falling under the workers compensation act but then the other question becomes, can they sue their employer? And now we're looking at, well, can it fall under um, Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act yeah. as an act of sexual harassment? And did the employer put in the, the proper protocols or can they potentially sue for like negligent uh, retention or negli- negligent training um, of that uh, co-worker that, that caused the sexual assault? Um, and so... That's where, again, we have some overlap and confusion with regard to whether it, it falls under workers' comp or doesn't fall under workers' comp. Um, also, that same provision in the Act basically says um, that, uh, that it basically carves out a claim for sexual harassment, which then makes it clear that, okay, we can proceed with a Title VII claim or a claim under the Virginia Human Rights Act for sexual harassment separately, and that will not fall under the Workers' Compensation Act but then again, it it becomes a little murky because it's like, OK, well, did the type of employment like what if it's a strip club? Right. OK. And they're touched by the the um, by one of the um, customers. Right. Right. That potentially would fall under workers comp. Let, right. Let, let's say they were grabbed off the stage. um, then, and, and that was foreseeable. I mean, that, that right, kind of falls that would, within the, does that employment substantially risk the potential for a sexual mm-hmm. assault? And let's say they were, they're grabbed, you know, they're by the rear end while they're up on stage and, right, you know, grabbed by the hand versus grabbed by the rear. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, arguably I would then have to say, well, maybe that goes over to Michelle's office <laughs> rather than staying in my office, <laughs> which uh, creates a little bit of the confusion. So I have an interesting one for you. Um, What about emotional and psychological injuries? And um, I I have a case, um, I've had a case recently where um, an employee is being... Sexually harassed and discriminated against. There's a hostile environment um, because she is gay, and we now um, know under um, uh, at least under the Seventh Circuit opinion that now sexual orientation and the EEOC are they're recognizing uh, that as a subset of sex under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. So we we are now seeing that that type of harassment because you are um, gay or you're transgender or whatever. it, it, you can make a claim now under Title VII, but in this case, uh, the person has been um, in such a hostile environment that she suffered a mini stroke and is on anxiety medications and in counseling, and her doctors relate it directly to the hostile work environment. Does she have a workers' comp claim? Or? No. Okay. No. It's sad. No. Okay. Um
1: the the general there is a little carve out but okay. the general rule is there has to be a physical touching a physical immediate physical bodily change accident okay, okay. so you know you you break your arm or you you get cut okay. that that is a physical accident it needs to be an uh, a specific immediate event that has a structural bodily change okay okay so psychological injuries are generally not covered now you break your arm okay and then you can never go back to work again right and you have anxiety depression that will all be covered because that's a consequence of the physical accident that happened okay okay but a purely psychological isn't covered except for this one exception um or not one exception it's a it's a general area and that it kind of goes back to what you're talking about is it it expected in your environment so the pizza deli- I'll give you the two examples the pizza delivery guy or, or I don't I think I'm wrong with what thing but knocks on the door right he of somebody's home he is in the middle of witnessing a murder okay so he sees the dead resident and other people killed. He stays till the, the 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 EMTs get there and the police get there. And he has huge psychological- He's got like post-traumatic e- stress disorder. Exactly. And that is covered. Okay. Now wow. you have the EMT or the police officer who comes upon a wreck. And actually the body had been dragged by the 18 wheeler. So it was really- Horrifically and and graphic. Yeah. And that is not covered because you go to, police go to car scene wrecks and and are
0: expected to see horrible things. Regular duty for police officers, firefighters, EMT. It's like part of what they're expected to encounter. Right. Versus your pizza delivery guy. That's not what he was expected to encounter, but it fell in the course of his employment. employment. Okay. All right, so and you can see why people are confused about these things, um, yes. and which is why they 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 need to come to us to help sort it yes. out. Yeah. So, um, basically, um, let's talk a little bit about um, the coming and going rule because this is another source of confusion. It, basically, um, when is somebody uh, in the course of employment? You know, when when are they if they're going to work? Um, uh, and if they're already on the company premises, is that now under workers comp? What if they're not on the c- company premises? What if they park in the company parking lot, but then between the, they fall between the parking lot and the employer's place of business and that area is not owned by the employer. Can you help us sort this out?
1: Huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually, I <laughs> break have. Break it down. Break it break down. It down. <laughs> okay. So the simple rule, uh-huh. and, and then there's all the gray, right? Right. The simple rule is going to work. And leaving from work is not covered under workers' comp. Okay. All right. And, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. But the whole theory, the, the reason that all of this is even important is because you, in the dream world, you'd have both. Or most likely, you'd want your personal injury because you get pain and suffering. Okay. Right. So so, but, so, but if you can get out of workers' comp, that's in general what you want. But we'll talk about that in a minute. So, yeah. So if you're going to or coming from work it's not covered. So the question is how close to, work your, the you? Doorstep, how close were you to work? Right. Okay. So an, an example is if you're required to park here and you're 10 feet away and then you go into the door and you, or you you trip on the sidewalk, it'll be covered under workers comp. Okay. But, um, I'll let you explain your case, and then I'll I'll tell you my case that's followed up. So
0: okay, you're so we note. had a case against a hospital, yeah. and, and the um, the client basically parked on the hospital grounds, but then walked to her a place of work within the hospital setting, and on the way, a uh, tripped um, in a. Uh, kind of a, a little dip in the sidewalk that had actually been carved out to put uh, a new water line in, and so um, it had basically the ditch had been dug. It had been filled with gravel, but it hadn't been filled level to the asphalt, and so she she fought, fell. Um, and so <laughs> she did have a workers' comp claim, um, and so she did pursue that because she was, as you mentioned, she was close enough and she right. was on grounds, whatever. Um, but she also had a claim against the construction company as a, a third party, um, that is somebody other than the employer, uh, because they had created that dangerous situation situation where, you know, she had fallen and, and hadn't raised the gravel um, per construction standards up level with the asphalt. Um, of course, when we pursued the, the personal injury claim against the construction company, she then had a workers' compensation lien on any recovery in that case. And this is where it gets a little bit complicated because if you do have both a workers' compensation case and you also have a third-party personal injury case and you resolve the workers' compensation case, then that, that is a type of case where Michelle and I have to work closely with each other to um, resolve the workers compensation lien, because whatever workers compensation paid out, they are now going to try to claim they get back because of that construction company that actually you know should have filled the the, the, the ditch line all the way up you know to level to the asphalt, um, and then that becomes interesting because some uh, workers' compensation liens, the adjusters will be very liberal in, in reducing their lien, and others will be not so liberal and will be insistent on repaying the whole thing. And under the statute, you can, um, you're only, they're only required to discount by the percentage of attorney fees and costs. So there's a lot of discretion there in terms of whether they will um, discount the lien so when we look at cases, the, the third party cases where there's also a workers' compensation claim, sometimes we have to look at it and say, well, unless the workers' compensation adjuster is going to be reasonable, there's no reason to bring this this personal injury case because the workers it's all just going to go back to the workers' compensation insurer, you know. So that becomes tricky. So you mentioned before, um, we need to talk about this is, um, and we're going to probably uh, need to break and then continue to talk about it is why is it more desirable to have a personal injury claim um as opposed to a workers workers compensation ca- claim and there are there's pros and cons of each so maybe why don't we start with um why in some cases is it more desirable to have a workers compensation claim because of the no fault theory
1: correct yeah okay two two reasons okay, okay. the whole the purpose of the workers comp act was created um to protect uh, uh, businesses from going bankrupt with big personal injury claims and million-dollar lawsuits, but also to protect the employer, I mean, pl- employee by getting them some money immediately. Okay. So it's basically what's called a no-fault system. But but uh, insurance adjusters and, and larger businesses have had a great job of lobbying and making it harder and harder and harder to get workers comp in Virginia. But in, in theory, it is no fault. Meaning uh, like if you just, like you said, trip, tripped on the un, un, uneven pavement, it doesn't matter if it was because you, it doesn't matter what was you it. You just fault. weren't watching. You, you weren't watching. watching where you walk. You were t- totally
0: like, there was no reason why you should have right. tripped. Yeah. Or if you, if
1: you're using a forklift and you're the one who runs into something and then you yourself because because you improperly use the forklift right it's covered under the gas Um, instead of the brake (laughs) exactly okay so so you don't have to prove fault at all okay you have to prove a lot of other things but then what you do is you get a little bit of money you get two-thirds of your average weekly wage and you get your medical bills paid immediately so you immediately get to go to um uh you immediately seek seek medical care, and you immediately get some money so that you're not as in a desperate situation. Okay,
0: you get your med- you get your medical bills covered, um, and you get uh, partial pay. Yeah, and you get it right away. Yes. so that you're not you know uh, you're still able to pay your bills right. relatively right away. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, depending <laughs> on if you, if you if you have to contest it or, right. or anything. So, um, and then we're going to talk right after the break about. Um, why it might be desirable or maybe not desirable to have a personal injury claim as opposed to a workers' compensation claim. Remember, if you would like to call into the show, call in at 804-454-1366. This is Raising the Bar Law Talk Radio Show. We are talking about on-the-job injuries and what type of claim might you have now back to Raising the Bar we are back um, this is Raising the Bar Law Talk Radio this is attorney Colin Quinn of Lock and Quinn and joining me today is Michelle Lewin of the injured workers law firm And we are talking about on-the-job injuries and all the confusion there is about is it covered by workers' compensation um, or could it be a personal injury case or could it be both? Um, or is it an employment claim that falls under, for example, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, such as a, a sexual assault or sexual harassment type claim? Um, and we have a lot of overlap in these cases. Um, and sometimes there are multiple claims that can be brought, um, especially given more complicated situations. So before the break, Michelle was talking about when you might want the claim to fall under workers' comp because of the no-fault concept. Um, and then uh, we were going to shift now after the break to talk about why you might want the claim to be a personal injury claim. So um, if it's a sexual assault on the job, um, we might want that. Uh, we would we w- prefer that that would be a personal injury claim because, first of all, uh, we can show that the victim was not at fault. So there's no issue of the victim being accused of contributory negligence for um, something like a sexual assault. And then in addition, under workers' comp, the uh, the claim would be limited to medical bills and to a uh, percentage of the lost uh, wages. Um, and then, Michelle, you can talk a little bit in a minute about um, uh, you know, getting any sort of a, a lump sum recovery, but that's still pretty limited. Whereas under personal injury, you can claim all of your medical bills, all of your lost wages. Um, and basically, you can also claim pain, suffering, future, uh, medicals, uh, future, uh, pain and suffering. There will be really no limit on the emotional, mental anguish part of the damages that can be claimed. Uh, no caps except we've got the, the putative damages, um, cap of 350000 in Virginia. But, Basically, under a personal injury claim, you can recover so much more Definitely. than you can in workers' comp. Right? Definitely. Um, even yes. if you get somebody a uh, um, a, uh, a recovery for permanency, that is still limited under comp. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Whereas under you know personal injury, if they have a. Uh, um, a permanent injury, we can get just so much larger of a recovery for for yes. them.
1: You're limited in Virginia uh, with workers' comp of only getting uh, 500 weeks, which is about nine and a half years. So, oh wow! If let's say you're 30 years old, and you know you're, then you're 40 by the time the, you know you're not getting any more funds. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and then there are a few exceptions, right. But
0: And that's why in some of these cases where you and I work together. Um, and there is a workers' compensation claim, we are still looking for a personal injury recovery because even with the workers' comp lean on the personal injury case, we still might be able to get more for that client. Correct. Yeah. So um, it, it does become a little tricky though. So I'm going to talk about the security guard case because um, this is a kind of a common one. And uh, so in the security guard case that we had, we um, basically have a security guard, hired by, he works for an independent security guard company, but he is placed in a retail store and their business is uh, to sell various uh, motor parts, okay? Um, They are not in the business of providing security guard services. And he slips on some oil that an employee uh, leaves from one of these, you know, motor part machines, you know, kind of a little engine, um, uh, generator type engine and uh, falls, So he is covered then under workers' comp, right? Yeah. Through his security guard company. But then uh, we went to pursue a claim against the retail store. And fortunately, we're, we're successful. The key being that the retail store did not regularly engage in security guard services. But if the retail store had their own security guards on duty and had only hired this guy because they just needed some additional security guard help, he would not have had the claim against the retail store. Correct. Yeah, so it gets really tricky.
1: Yes, I mean a lot of times in, in um, workers comp, the uh, term is called a uh, uh, "who is your statutory employer," and it's uh, by and the reason is there's a statute out there that basically uh, says who is who, how far up the chain you can go. Okay. okay? Yeah. And so it's very common in subcontractor and general contractor type of work okay, okay. like um a, a, an example is i was in actually depositions all day on monday with a uh, a company a small uh, co- a subcontracting company that was sandblasting water towers okay and so they were in the usual and customary business of Sanding and repainting and repairing water towers. Okay. okay, the general contractor, thank goodness, was in the customary business of uh, uh, sandblasting and repainting um, water towers and bridges. Okay, okay. so the it, 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 was it was covered. So the the small general contractor did not have workers' comp insurance, and so but I got to go after the general
0: contractor. The big guy, yes. Okay, okay. Yes. It's Yeah, so it's, Again, we're, we're always kind of looking for yes. the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, yes. aren't we? So we've got a call from Katie from Richmond. Um, Katie, you are now live.
1: Hi, good morning.
0: Good morning.
1: Um, so I'm wondering, you were talking before the break a little bit about um when, you know, if you get assaulted or something or in, injured um, at work, you know, it, it can fall under workers' comp in certain situations. But I'm wondering how far that extends, like if you are for example, driving a company car home from work and you're off the clock and you get in an auto accident, you know, somebody hits you or, you know, I used to wait tables and I would leave work with a, you know, pocket full of cash money if I get jumped in the parking lot, which happens to servers, unfortunately, a lot. I mean, is that something that is under workers comp or is that are you just looking at a personal injury claim at that point if
0: you're off the clock? So, Katie, those are great questions. We're going to break them into two questions. Let's start with the Waiter or waitress that has just gotten off work and uh, somebody would know that they would ha- might have a pocket full of cash. Uh, what about that one, Michelle?
1: That if they are off the clock, most likely that's not going to be covered by workers comp. Now, if it's like uh, a business and it's the, let's say the manager of the restaurant and they're taking that money, the to the bank, so they're still on the clock. That would be covered by okay. workers' comp because yeah. they know that. Yeah, they're taking the you know the money to the to the bank. But if it's your own personal money. And you're already checked out. And you're already you're, checked out. You're, yeah. Yep.
0: So then you would have the claim against the robber. And as we yes. talked about, um, he wouldn't be robbing if he, if he had a, <laughs> if he had a lot of money. So you're probably right. going to be out, out on that one. Um, so let's take Katie's other question, which is the driving, because that becomes in when you're, um, uh, when you're driving, uh, to work and you're not already at work that would not be covered, right? Correct. Okay. But let's say that uh, you are driving from one office location to another um, during the day and you, you need to, as part of your job, go to the other location. What about that?
1: Yes, that is covered. So that happens often with, again, construction, you're going from one job site to another job site or, you know, Pest control. You're driving all over the place. Um, all, all that it would definitely be covered. But it's but once you've clocked out and you're driving home, not covered.
0: Okay. So let's take that one step further. Um, you're driving from one location to another. You're in an auto accident. Um, of course, if it's your own fault, then there's there's nobody else to go after you. It's just covered flat out by workers' comp. Um, but if you are hit by somebody else and it and they are at fault. And that would be the classic case where we would have the third-party personal injury claim. Yes. So they would be covered by their employer immediately um, if they were injured. But then we would also look at the auto insurance of the driver that hit them and going after that driver. Um, and that would, again, be one of those cases where you and I would probably work in tandem um, where we would handle the personal injury auto case against the the, the negligent driver. Um, but then there also might be that workers compensation lien against any personal injury recovery. So Katie, does, does that answer your questions?
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm, uh, glad that I'm not having to walk out in parking lots with a pocket full of money anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling into the show. Yep. All right. So, um, that goes back to, we were going to come back around to the lean issue. Yes. Okay. So, um, w- w- what, I know from my end, the personal injury end, that if I settle a case and it has a workers' compensation lien on it, and I do not get approval from the workers' comp commission on that lien, I could be in deep doo doo. So yes. explain it from your end. Yes. Okay. So, um, all right. And I'm, so let's say I I I I settle a case, and there's a workers' comp lien out there, and that person is still having ongoing problems and and might still need some additional treatment to be covered by workers comp.
1: Okay, that that is the the living nightmare situation. Okay. All right. Okay. You can there's three scenarios. Okay. okay. Let's say you have a combination workers comp personal injury case. Okay. You can settle your workers comp case first. You can settle them both at the same time or you could settle your workers comp case l- later. okay, That is very, very bad. And uh, it's a nightmare for, it's horrible for the injured worker, horrible. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. Basically the, their whole work, their whole personal injury settlement is eaten up and they have to pay out of pocket and, and all this stuff. So the, um, so the key is, so like, let's say you're trying to settle your workers comp case first. So the value of a workers comp case is, not what has happened in the past, which is a part of what's the value in a personal injury case. Right, right. It's what's going to happen in the future. So how much longer are you going to be out of work? How much more uh, surgery or medical care will you need? So if you've already had surgery... That doesn't matter, but if you, you don't have, have so
0: workers comp, you, you have the surgery, you don't get paid anything under workers comp for any of the pain and suffering. You just get your medical bills and two thirds just, of your of your exactly, wages. Okay,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, so in the situation, like let's just say you'll never return to return to your pre injury job. That might there 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 are several situations where it's a good time to sell your workers comp case. So let's say you settle your workers comp case. Well then. Um, and let's just say that the whole that the that the insurance carrier has paid a hundred thousand dollars out, then they're going to have a, more or less a hundred thousand dollar lien on the, on the personal injury, injury case. case. Yeah, and it's not, and this is where the trick comes in. Obviously, a lot of people know, or a lot of personal injury attorneys know to notify the workers' comp carrier about it, but. The workers' com- insurance carrier has to actually approve the settlement. Yeah, not just know about a settlement. Right. So
0: let me tell you a case I had. Um, I had this case where the we we settled the personal injury case for twenty eight thousand, subject to resolving the workers' compensation lien. And, uh, the workers' compensation lien was 20, uh, 27,000. So when you ran the numbers and you gave the discount for the attorney fee percentage and costs, my client was getting $1,000. Right. And so I tried to negotiate with the workers' comp, um, carrier and said, look at, um, we will take some more off of our attorney fees. If you'll reduce the workers' comp lien, let's just try to put some more money in my lady's pocket. They absolutely refused, refused to reduce. And see, if if I just reduce the attorney fees, that just basically put more money in the workers' comp pocket right. and not my client's pocket. Um, and so unless I get the workers' comp carrier to ag- agree to actually reduce. Do you know I held that money in my trust account for seven years, Good seven you. years before I finally got an adjuster and an attorney on the other side? Who, could, would, who agree. would agree? Because and I kept saying, "Don't you want your money?" Like I'm just I'm holding it here, okay. And we're just we're just holding the money right. in the escrow until somebody. Because there's no reason. For
1: I mean, you're, yeah, you're, what's a thousand dollars to uh, your your client? Nothing. Right. So I mean, you know, if you were holding ten thousand of her money, you know,
0: yeah, that's so, crazy, right? And so eventually, I was able to get an attorney on the other side, and I said, you know, I'm holding this money, and you should want like. You should agree to just take half of it as opposed to none of it because it's just going to sit here for, in, for eternity as far as right. I'm concerned until somebody gets a little bit more reasonable about all of this. So um, remember, we are talking about on-the-job injuries. What is my claim? Is it workers' comp? Is it personal injury? Is it an employment claim? Um, if, and if you have any questions, call into the show. I'm talking to, this is Colleen Quinn of Lock and Quinn, talking to Michelle Lewine, um, Attorney Michelle Louane of the Injury Workers Law Firm. And the number is 804-454-1366. Um, so let's talk um, about um, when we have a case. And let's go back to this. Uh, I call it the the common employer because it's a little bit easier to grasp than the statutory employer. Um, but let's talk about some of these um, uh, trucking and construction cases where uh, you have somebody that's injured and uh, sometimes you have the subcontractor of the subcontractor of the subcontractor all the way up to the general contractor. And then whether or not it falls within the, the the umbrella or the common employer or the statutory employer, whether it falls within that kind of scope of business. So um, let's say you have uh, the, um, the building company. It's a big construction company. And they're out there building uh, houses, residential houses. But then they hire subs all the way down, and uh, they hire the folks that do the roofing, and they hire the folks that do the plumbing and the electrical. And and you you've got a, a subs that keep going down the chain. Um, and then let's say that uh, they hire um, an ear, uh, 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 basically a. Um, a company that is going to put in irrigation lines, but this is not something that the general, the, the top dog, the big contractor that, that puts in um, residential homes, that puts in you know basically subdivisions, et cetera, they don't normally put in an irrigation system into the homes that they're selling. Um, but in this particular house, for whatever reason, um, the potential buyer decides they want to have that irrigation system put in. And now the person putting in the irrigation system is injured. And the little small irrigation company they work for doesn't have any workers' compensation insurance. Are they going to be able to tap into up the, up the line in that case?
1: Well, I would try. <laughs> I know you would try. <laughs> so, but that would be the question. Well, one you would be pursuing the uninsured fund because there is an uninsured fund okay. that again let's say the small irrigation company does not have that okay, okay. so then the question would be is it in their customary uh Line of of business right. and, and I guess if if they've never I guess it's going to be very fact specific if they've never done irrigation before and and all this stuff, then I would think it might not be covered. However, if they have done it before and you or know they're moving in that direction, direction. And now
0: they're going to sell homes all with irrigation yeah. and there's something in their records that shows this is in their business plans, then we might be able to dive right. into it right um, and then that would be a case where there would, really would be no third party claim against anybody. Um, because like the homeowner hasn't bought the place yet. right? And if their own irrigation company didn't have any workers' compensation insurance. Um, so what is the uninsured fund? Uh, how does that work? Uh,
1: if you have three or more regularly employed, um, employees, employees, you are legally required to have workers' compensation insurance in Virginia. Okay. So if you don't, you're gonna get fined and show cost, but it doesn't it, how, how it normally happens, it you don't find out until it's you know almost too late. When you know, someone okay. someone comes to me, they say they were hurt at at the small irrigation company. So you look up, there's a database, you look it up, they don't have insurance. So then you notify the uninsured fund. So um, and then the uninsured fund, um they may settle a case if it's like a, like a contested case, but most of the time they force you, they're, they're fighting it. So they're, it's not, it's not, it's not just an easy slam dunk. No, no, they fight it. So they're saying, okay, it wasn't three or more employees. So here you are a coworker. I mean, um, an employee trying to prove that you had three, more than three people on the job, you know, and they, 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 they fight that the accident didn't really occur. They fight, they're they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They're trying to get the money from from higher up and they're also trying to, you know, contest the case.
0: Okay, so um, let's go back to when we were talking earlier on about these um, assault cases um, because when you have the assault on the job and um, it's let's, let's say it's, um it, there's a, there's a fight between two employees and, but the employer kind of knows in advance that um, there have been some difficulties between the two employees and has actually written them up. Um, and then they get into an all out fist fight on the job. Is that covered by workers comp?
1: Usually, Again, it depends on the why they, you know, if it's a general, I don't like you because I don't like your personality, mm-hmm. then it is not going to be covered. Intentional assaults are not going to be covered. But if it's more of, I don't like you because you're my boss and you told me something to do, it might get covered. It just. A, but if they, you know, if they've already, if it's already a known thing that they don't like each other, mm-hmm. then it's not, it's not going to get covered.
0: Okay. That's just like a personal vendetta yes, type thing that might occur where where. Folks don't really like each other, but the employer is not responsible because of the fact that they don't like each other. Right. Okay.
1: Because you're not supposed to hit. <laughs> that, Didn't not, your mother that's, tell you that? that that's, 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 that's not
0: part of the job environment you much, where, Right? Where you're supposed right. to have, where you, where you <laughs> have that happen. So, um, and let's go back to um, this issue of what about injuries over time? Like, let's say, Um, There's not a specific injury that happens. Um, And we talked about emotional injuries that can occur over time, um, such as uh, the the psychological injuries or the the stress on the job, that that is not going to be uh, covered by workers' comp. Um, And so we've got to see, is there a personal injury claim or is there just no claim at all in that case? Um, But what about an injury that occurs over a long period of time on the job like these asbestos cases or something like yes. that, are, are they covered? Black
1: lung, yes. Okay. So there are, um, all right, so you have injuries by accident, which is generally the most common type of work injuries. And then you have what's called occupational diseases. Okay. Now, occupational diseases, okay, and a, a subcategory of that is ordinary diseases of life, can be covered, but they are so such that so, they have a stronger burden of proof and they're very difficult to prove. Okay. All Ooh. right. So most repetitive injuries are not covered. The one exception is carpal tunnel. And that's the one exception. So if you have an elbow injury from repetitive injuries, not covered. Right. Um, the 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 classic example is you lifted ten you lifted ten boxes at the end of the day. You have a herniated disc on your back, not covered. If if you you lifted ten boxes that day, but you recall on the third box as you were lifting it up, you felt a pop and a burning sensation, and you continued working, it would be covered. Okay. Okay. So uh, with the carpal tunnel, for example. It has to be that the doctor will say that you, one, you have to prove it by clear and convincing, not just... just Not just
0: beyond a reason. I mean, uh, more probable than
1: not. yes. Yes. And it has to be that you could not have gotten it elsewhere. So, uh, unfortunately, in, in, in today's environment where everybody's texting and typing and emailing at home, oh, yeah. it's very hard to do it with, with with that. But you could have hearing loss, which could be considered an occupational disease, like with jackhammers and things like that. And also, like you just said, can't, some cancers, some black asbestosis, black lung disease, um, it, it, that could also be covered. Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, those cases too are the ones where you'll send them to me if it looks like there's any possible personal injury claim Correct. against a third party. I mean, a lot of times in the in the um, looking for the personal injury claim, sometimes we're looking for a product liability case, yes. where there is actually a product that malfunctioned or something that was a dangerous product that was put into um, use by the manufacturer. And um, so I I think there was one case that you sent me where there was, um, I think it was a prison uh, security officer where they actually uh, um, were, it was like a trap door or something where there was a malfunction with the lock. And so then we were looking to see, okay, was that a products case because of the malfunctioning lock Lock, that caused um, them to be injured so they were injured on the job, but then we also had the potential product liability case also against the, the person that manufactured that trap door and lock mechanism that they were dealing with. Yeah. And so it's, we're always constantly uh, kind of looking for that proverbial pot of gold. And even when they have that workers' compensation claim, still looking to see, is there something more out there? Can we get them a personal injury claim? Is the workers' comp lien going to eat up the personal injury claim, right. or can we get you know the client right. a little bit more in terms of the recovery? So, you can find today's show um, on both the injured worker law firm Facebook page and also on the Locke and Quinn Facebook page, um, and we will be posting the show to the Raising the Bar Law Talk Radio Show website. Remember, you can sign up for the podcast on the Raising the Bar website. And remember, we have a list of all of the free and reduced cost legal services out there on that website as well. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me today. It's been great fun. Thank you for having me. Great. Join us next week. And uh, we will be uh, talking about sexual assaults um, and recovery for sexual assaults as well. Great. Thank you.